Well, guess what? This is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and guess what we're going to talk about? Christmas. No. <laughs> we're talking about Thanksgiving, being grateful. It is the will of God that we be thankful. Did you know that thanklessness is a trait of an unbeliever? Never, th- never heard that one before, but it's correct. People who don't have any faith, don't have a hope in what's going on, why should you be thankful? Why should they be thankful? They have nothing better, nothing greater than what they already possess and what they have in themselves. So, and, and so the idea of being grateful or, or, or being thankful sometimes just loses perspective because there's no one greater than themselves. So people should be grateful for them. <laughs> they got that self-centered, arrogant attitude. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 15 to 18, we have what Paul outlines here. He says, uh, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. Well, what does that have to do with being thankful? Did you know whenever you start seeking vengeance and you know, trying to hurt people because they hurt you, that's, that just destroys the foundation of, of gratitude. And whenever we think of the Lord's Prayer, forgive those who trespass against us as I have been forgiven, as God has forgiven us. So in, that, in, that, in the Lord's Prayer, he has set up for us that we need to look at how we approach life and how we approach. So being thankful, we're going to find out, is um, we're not necessarily thankful. You know, Paul was a, uh, we're going to read in a minute here, all of the, the uh, difficulties that he encountered in his ministry. But spending a day and a night floating in the deep in the ocean uh, after the ship sinks, I don't think he's out there rejoicing. (laughs) You know, oh, thank you, God, that I'm floating in the deep. My GPS system is working, and uh, they're going to come and get me. The helicopter's on the way. (laughs) That's a joke. Okay, that's a joke. They didn't have helicopters back then, you know. GPS system, yeah, but not a helicopter. (laughs) Joke. So anyhow, (laughs) um, we have this understanding that when things go wrong, don't get bent out of shape and pay back wrong and stuff for that, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. So the message of what we're looking at is striving to do good, not trying to get back at people. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. So God has a way of executing vengeance. (laughs) And we then, if we set ourselves up as the judge, jury, and executioner, we have no room for being grateful. So the understanding is that when I am grateful, I am expressing faith. <laughs> I, am, I am being grateful to God uh, for what's going on and how, it's, you know, and I don't like what's going on sometimes. I, I don't like people sometimes <laughs> for what they have done, but the idea of being grateful is saying, God, I thank you that you are with me and that you have promised that everything will work to a divine good at some place on down the line. So what am I here? What do I have to learn? How is it that I can come out of this? How is it that I can be good and do good for each other and everyone else? And then he says in verse 16, rejoice always. You know, Paul must not have lived in a very good time. <laughs> you know, be, I mean, it must have been a happy time in Paul's life. You know, rejoice always. No. Rejoicing is, see, 
when we're talking about spiritual things, our heart, you know, the, the Bible says that I can have a peace, the peace of God that passes understanding, meaning that I can be in the worst physical way, but I can still be at peace. Now, you know, I, I've, I've worked with people with, who were dying, you know, in hospice and all of that. But there, when people were facing the end of their life, they would, many of them would talk about, it's all okay, I'm at peace. But then there were those <laughs> who didn't have any faith, and they were terrified of where they were going and what was going to happen next. So what we find in the Bible is that, in the scripture, is that when we are facing the worst of the worst difficulties, we still have to deal with the worst of the worst, but we, still, but we can have the peace of God in our heart. So the, the worst of the worst doesn't go away, but is that I understand that God is with me and he brings me peace, and that what the worst of the worst, God has a way, a better way coming from it. And we may not understand it, we may not be able to figure it out, but he says, rejoice always, and then the next verse is, pray continually. So what we're doing is praying about the things that are going on while we're rejoicing in that God has a way and a purpose. So we're in prayer because God can do all things, and yet I'm, 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 I'm at peace in my heart because I know God has a way of working this out. He will give me direction as I am rejoicing and praying. And then he says, verse 18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The King James says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, different versions or different commentaries said about this, it is the will of God that we give thanks. Now, others have said that the circumstance we find ourselves in is the will of God. So we look at this and we find that no matter which way we look at it, Paul is trying to tell us to give thanks and to look at life from a perspective of being grateful. We have to be grateful, being grateful. Um, soccer balls we talked about for the kids in Guatemala. Uh, David Michael, our son, whenever he was, when I was with him in El Salvador, you go to these villages and these people out in the middle of nowhere, and there would be a couple thousand people there, and they may have had one soccer ball. They didn't buy it, somebody gave it to them. And it, was, it wasn't a, a nice soccer ball, it was deflated, <laughs> It was just something they could kick. And boy, those kids thought they had the, the best thing in the world. And they would play on a flat surface. This one place we were at, there was, there was this, like, just a plateau there. And I mean a plateau maybe 50 yards by 30 yards. And then it dropped off. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a flat, flat playing ground. But it was kind of humped up and, across, and that's where they played. And if you kicked it out of bounds, it was going a long way, you know. But they, they loved their soccer ball, and they loved what they had because, you know, and we would take soccer balls down there. Uh, we, had a, we had a suitcase full of stuff we took into the country. And um, that they would give it out to these, these villages, and, and the people there, they were just, you know, they had nothing. You know, they had absolutely nothing. So we're grateful for that. So giving thanks. So give thanks, first of all. Thanklessness is a, is a um, 
trait of an unbeliever, but being thankful, we recognize God's presence. We can never be where God is not. So I am thankful for his presence right where I am at. I am thankful for how that God is at work right where we're at. And God is arranging the circumstances of my life because we are praying for God to arrange the circumstances. We are asking that he would, he would be there with us in these things. And when things go well, whenever I look at my life and things are going really well, am I lucky? <laughs> or is it God? When things go wrong, am I, is my luck changed? Or is it God? And so what we're learning to focus on is how that God is with us in every circumstance that we face. Gratitude is an attitude of the heart. Gratitude is an attitude. I mean, when you meet people with a bad attitude, what do you notice about them? <laughs> They're ungrateful people. They're just, they, nothing suits them, nothing is good for them. But we find, you know, I, I liken it to the, you go to McDonald's or one of the other food chains and you buy, uh, you know, buy a kid uh, a container of french fries and you buy the child uh, the fruit, french fries and they got the french fries, they're all happy and you ask them for one and they say no. <laughs> Why would I give you one? You wouldn't have had that if I hadn't given it to you. Well, they're mine now. <laughs> when God asks for us to be grateful, we're thinking it's mine now. But in reality, it was God who placed it in our life. So giving thanks to God in the bad things declares that you believe good is coming out of them. Giving thanks to God where we are at. We're recognizing his presence. We're recognizing that God is with us and that we may be in difficult straits and difficult times, but we're understanding, we're believing good to come out of this. So we have to look for it. In 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 27, I want to read this because this is some, some of the things, Paul's the one who writes this stuff about being grateful and having, you know, and, and being thankful. So when, he, when he's talking here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to read verse 23. What's going on? There were people who had come to the church in Corinth and they were trying to um, tell the people, Paul's no good. You can't listen to this guy. He's never had a problem. You know, he hasn't done, you know, he, he, he just can't believe what he has to say. And then Paul is saying here in verse 23, are they, he's questioning these people <clears throat> about who they're listening to. And he says, are they servants of Christ? Then, he, then it's, there's, it's a little commentary or a little comment there. I am out of my mind to talk like this. Paul is saying, this is not where I have built my life on the problems that have come my way. I didn't build my life on this. I built my life on my relationship with Jesus Christ. He met me on the road to Damascus. He changed my life, okay? I am more, I have, you know, and he's, he is now confronting the lies that these people had put in the, in the, uh, into the lives of the Corinthians. And Paul is kind of combating, coming back at them. And he's saying he's not, that's not what he does, but in this case, I'll do it. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received to the Jews 40 lashes minus one. 
So, 30, so five times he received 39 stripes. Now, some of these times that they're lashes, they're just not one whip. It's a, like a caddy nine tails. So one whip is like nine stripes. And 30, he received 39 of those. Three times I was beaten with rods. That's what we would call caning. Um, once I was pelleted with stones. So they stoned him and they drug him out of the city for dead. Three times I was shipwrecked, and actually four, because one, after this uh, writing, he was shipwrecked on his way to Rome, uh, and uh, you know, he told everybody to stay on board because if they stayed on board, none would be lost. So four times he was shipwrecked. Once he spent a night and a day in the open sea. <laughs> I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. <laughs> and Paul's not that old. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't 40 years of ministry. This is, Paul had a way, he, he, he just would tell you the truth. No matter what it was, he'd put it out there. And there were people that would, you know, he wouldn't back down from them. So they all, they all hated him, especially the Pharisees and, and the, the Sadducees and the high priests and the Sanhedrin, they, you know, the ruling council. They were anti-Jesus, uh, and Paul was the main instigator at the time, and they were going to put Paul to death to silence him. So they tried everything they could. You would think that Paul would be the last person to speak of giving thanks you would think that Paul would say, forget this giving thanks stuff. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to do that. Look what it got me. <laughs> but he doesn't do that. He talks about all of these things and how that God was capable. He recognized the presence of God. God is always with me. So what do you do when you're floating a day and a night in the deep? You spend a whole night floating on pieces of wood. You know, are you going to live or die? What's up to God? <laughs> Till somebody comes along and picks you up. When you're beaten 39 times, you know, his back must have been something, uh, you know, just scarred beyond, beyond belief. And people were always chasing him to kill him. And he was always in danger in fact, the one city, they lowered him out of the, out of the city over the wall in a basket to, to, for him to escape. In, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Paul was off his rocker. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was grounded on the rock, Jesus Christ. Being thankful to God sets the anchor. Being thankful to God sets the premise that God is at work in my life and he will give me direction. He will help me. He will guide me. And I am thankful that God is present. I am thankful that he will give me direction. I am thankful that, these, that somehow God is going to work good out of what's going on in my life. And I don't know how, but I am praying and asking for wisdom and guidance as to how to approach this, how that's going to take take place. Being thankful to God puts this anchor in place that I am no longer driven by the wind and waves of everything that comes, comes against me. 
So we find that an anchor will hold the ship, but it won't stop the waves from taking you up and down. <laughs> you know that the only time a ship is in danger, a ship is always in the sea, in the water, the big ones. You, know, you, can't, you don't take them out for the storms. No matter what the, what, no matter what the difficulties, the troubles of the sea are always there. The problem arises is when the water gets in the ship. <laughs> when the ship is solid, it floats. When we are thankful in Christ, we're afloat. We're not, we're not going under. But when we allow the sea to get inside of us, when we, get the, we allow the hatred and the bitterness and the dangers of life and the frustrations of life to get inside, and we start wallowing around in all the activities of life that are not, built, not meant for God, what happens? We begin to feel frustrated, defeated, and try, think that we, don't, we stop rejoicing. So being thankful is declaring that God will bring me through this difficulty. God has a better, land, better plan because he has a land of promise. See, promised land for the children of Israel. We, too, have a promised land, and it's in the promises that God has given us. We live in a promised land. We live in a promised area. Our spiritual life is a, uh, is a life of promise where God has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. God has promised that all things will work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So we rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, because God is God and we are his. You know, I don't know where I heard this, but the idea is the value of something is what someone is willing to pay. You may have a um, da Vinci painting. What is someone willing to pay for that? Well, what is someone willing to pay for you? Jesus set the standard because he, God, died for you. He was willing to pay that price for you. That's the value he places on you. So when we start thinking in, the, in those terms, we can begin to understand why God wants us to be thankful. Not because he needs it, but because we need it. We need to know where we stand. We need to know upon whom we stand. The rock, Jesus Christ. We need to know that God has a plan, a purpose, a future. He has things for us. And you know what? We know they're still coming. Because we're not dead yet. <laughs> if you're still breathing, okay, make sure. <laughs> if you're still breathing, you have a purpose. God has a plan. And I'm grateful for that. Are you grateful for that? Amen. There we go. Great, great, grateful for that. Now, in, in Luke chapter 17, we have this, um, this story. Uh, now on his way to Jerusalem, this is Jesus, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Samaria was this group of people, they were, they were called Samaritans, and they were, they were people who were mixed race of Jew, Jewish individuals, and they had married with Gentiles. During the time in which the Babylonians, uh, Nebuchadnezzar came in and 
seized Jerusalem, he took all of the important people and he kind of left anyone who was not that important and left them there. Well, those individuals intermarried with other people who were not Jewish, and they then were known as the Samaritans. So they lived in an area called Samaria. So to the Jews, these were always, you know, beneath them, all right? So as Jesus was going into the village, ten men with leprosy met him. And uh, they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So that's their prayer. They recognized Jesus, and they said, Jesus, have mercy on us, have pity on us. That's their prayer. And with this chance encounter, (laughs) was it a chance encounter or was it a divine encounter? You know, Jesus earlier uh, would talk about, I must needs go through Samaria. There's a woman at the well that I have to talk to. She doesn't know I'm coming, but I know where she'll be, and I know what time she'll be there. So we have to go to Samaria. Well, Jesus is on this road that is traveled by the Jews around Samaria because they wouldn't go through Samaria. And so he's traveling this road. There's ten lepers, and they're not allowed to be near people. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. They were cleansed. So he tells them, what did they, they obeyed his word. They recognized Jesus for who he was. They obeyed his word, and they were cleansed. They were healed. Verse 15. One of them saw he was, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. So ten people were healed, one came back. And the one who came back was the one who was considered inferior to all the rest. Verse 18, well, verse 17. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? The challenge is for us to understand what God has done for us. We have a prayer, we've made prayers and we're praying and asking God for whatever, but we also have to maintain an attitude of gratitude, a thankfulness, that God is with us and what he has done, he is continuing to do. And when it, we, we, are, we, are we one of the nine or are we the one? You see, the, all ten were healed, but one had a, had, a, had a change of heart. Not only what happened to him physically changed him, but it changed him in his heart, in his conscience, in his, his willingness to serve God. And so being, being a foreigner, he no, has no one returned to give praise to God and extol except this foreigner. Has no one returned to praise God. See, that's why whenever we're saying, you know, Paul is telling us, rejoice always, and again I say rejoice, being thankful, being grateful, Paul floating in the sea, being beaten with rods and and whips and stones and things like that. And he finds it in his spirit to talk about being thankful. So being thankful is like this leper, recognizing we have been forgiven, recognizing that God is with us, and God has a plan for our life, and he values us so much, he went out of his way to touch our life just like the woman at the well. So God has gone out of his way to give us a spiritual encounter 
one in which we can experience spiritually a change. And so we then are one of the, a part of the nine or we are the one. So the challenge is for us <laughs> that he said in verse 19, Then he said unto him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Rise and go, your faith has, in one version has it, your faith has saved you. <laughs> your faith has saved you. The other people, they were healed physically, but there was, no, there was not a change in their heart. And Jesus is telling this one man, this Samaritan who is beneath everybody else, he's telling them, you are saved because you returned and worshiped God. Gave God glory, gave thanks to God for what he has done. His healing went from his body to his heart. His healing went from his body to his heart. And so what we do, we're talking about what, what God is doing in our heart. Let it go to our body and let us give thanks. Psalm 100, verse 1 to 5. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his, and we are his people, and we are his sheep. If you, you know, we wonder about these things about giving thanks and so on. That's why we go to the Psalms, and we come up with, all the, you know, we see what these psalmists have written about. And, you know, being in an agricultural society, most everything was about, you know, the sheep, the animals, and being outdoors. And he's telling them that we are his sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. So when we enter into our prayers, we begin with being grateful. Grateful that we can pray. Grateful that God hears us when we pray. Grateful that we have access to the very presence of God. Give thanks to him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. He is faithful to all generations. What he has done for others, he's doing for us. What he has done for the lepers, he has saved us from our sins and taken away the doubts and the fears and anchored us in Christ, and that's why we are thanking him. We are blessed because God is with us. And I go back to our psalm from last week, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God, and he, it is he who made us and we are his. Coming back to the security of who we are is so important. We must always begin at the beginning. I am his. I belong to God. That he, he paid a price. What is the value he places on you? Himself. The value he places on us. God paid the price for us to be forgiven. So that the wages that we have earned in sin will be wiped away and the freedom that we find in Christ is eternal. 
And so we are exchanging our bitterness and our anger and our frustration for gratitude to God. And so, in everything give thanks? <laughs> yes, in everything give thanks. Give thanks that God is with us. Give thanks that God can take my failures and turn them to good. Give thanks that he is with me always. Give thanks that God has provided for us and all the good things that have come into our life. Enter his gates, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. What God has done for this psalmist, he does for us. What, this, what Jesus accomplished with the ten lepers and the one who returned, he accomplishes for us. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. The God of Abraham is still our God. The God, Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, he is my Father. He is our friend. He will never leave us. So, <laughs> What does he ask us to do? Be grateful. <laughs> Be thankful. Paul isn't swimming for joy <laughs> in a shipwrecked sea out, in a, you know, whether he's going to live or die, he doesn't know. Being stoned and drug out of the city for dead, he must have looked dead. He's not rolling around in the ground rejoicing. He's trying to recover from the physical harm but he had a knowledge that he was grateful to God for all the things that goes on and went on in his life because God was with him. He didn't, couldn't control what other people were doing, but he could control himself and his praise to God because God came to him on the road to Damascus and his spirit knocked him to the ground and he looked into the eyes of Jesus and Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he goes, oh, Lord. It's you. <laughs> That's where our praise will take us. Oh, God, it's you. Thank you for loving me. Amen? So let us give thanks. Not for swimming in the deep. Not for being beaten with rods and stone. We're thankful that God is with us in those situations. And he will guide us through them. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We love you, Lord. The song that we sang, we love you, Lord. We thank you for this. We love you because you first loved us. You are the anchor to our life. You are the one who holds us. God, you're the one who will never leave us. We say thank you. We ask for you to Bless our lives. You've already done this, but Lord, we bless you for blessing us. Help us. Help us not to return evil for evil. But let us, O oh God, be anchored in your love. And Lord, let your love work in us what it needs to do to change us to be more like you. We are grateful. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. And we thank you.
We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.